Hello and welcome, friends. I'm Jess. And I'm Telly. And this is our podcast, Cozy Fall Coffee Date. We're just going to start talking. <laughs> I'm proud of us. I'm proud of us too. I know. We should. We I know should be. we're nervous. Like, I don't know why we've done this before, but this is our first full episode. It's just nice to know you're all with us on this journey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, every every emotion on the roller coaster. And you're here with us. Yes. Yeah. I feel so. you here. <laughs> first, we're going to talk about our fall activities list. Uh which I have in the outline is Fall Activities Adventure List, which is, uh, yeah, we'll rename it soon. But Yeah, we were given a lot of really good options for names, though. Yes. And I'm, I'm psyched about it. I know. Everybody, like, really showed up for that. I was I'm like, really yeah, grateful. <laughs> I needed that boost of creativity. So, and I think we figured out which name we're going to go with, so we will talk about that next. But first, which activity did you do this week, Telly? You know, I had been... Going over a lot of date ideas, because um, this last week was my eight-year anniversary. Yes. So, um, usually... Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, a lot of our date ideas, we typically have to do some sort of fall thing, just because that's the timing. Yeah. And I love fall dates. It's awesome. So, we ended up um, looking around and decided to do a staycation in the Portland area, and we found... This really cool thing it is the Hood River Harvest Train. You get to go on this historic train and it takes you through some beautiful orchards. Um, you get to see the changing leaves. Um, you end up at a, a vineyard and you can do wine tasting. You can get nuts. They give you dried cherries with chocolate on it. The, Yum. The, uh, the, all the members are dressed in historic garb and there's a guy that actually has a waxed mustache. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like, you wouldn't I'm think... I'm going to go just for the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think the mustache would make it for you, but it does. Yeah, right? <laughs> that just seals the deal. Yeah. Oh, wow. That sounds really fun. Yeah. So, that's called Hood the, River... The Hood River... I am so Historic bad. train. Google I've been it. calling it the Hood River Historic Train, but I know okay. I'm wrong. Google it, y'all. But, I, but you'll find it if you look it up. We'll put it on the podcast page. Yeah, you'll find out. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So you guys did wine tasting and was there like a farmer's market or something? So we went with the intention to wine taste. Okay. But we had packed a picnic Mm -hmm. um, with all sorts of fun fall goods. And we were so into the picnic and watching the landscape. And we had this beautiful view of Mount Adams sitting from our picnic table that uh, we took our whole... The whole segment um, that where you're there at the farm, the the train will take you there and you'll go across one of the last switchbacks in the United States, which is cool. Like um, the train switchback? Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't really know what a switchback was. I felt really uneducated because <laughs> <laughs> I don't come from a time where I really took trains anywhere. Um, right. Understandable. But yeah, it's, a, it's where you <clears throat> basically kind of zigzag and the train will... You'll go one way, and then you'll have to double back, and the train will kind of flip around. And what was the back of the train is now the front of the train, and oh. it switch, switches back up. Okay. Okay. I was thinking hiking switchback, so that's Yeah, good. so it, it, is, it is like that, but for a okay. train. 
Imagine okay. you're hiking a switchback, but a train is able to do that now. Okay. Well, I really want to go on this. I've never done any of those historic train ride. We have. I know there's one on the coast too, and yeah. that people have talked about. So but. there's apparently a lot. After you find the crowd, there's a crowd of people who are really hardcore into this. <laughs> and once you mention you're going on a historic train, um, you find out there's a lot of them everywhere. And there is a fan base. Cool. Yeah. You can connect with some new people. Yeah. I've learned so much. All right. Well, should I share? Absolutely. What did you do? Um, Nothing very exciting. <laughs> it's been a really crazy week, but I did get to go last weekend with a friend up to Forest Park right here in Portland, and we um, hiked around for like an hour. We got lost a little bit, so it was longer than we expected. And I was hoping... It would double as a photo walk. I brought my camera and I wanted to get um, pictures of the the trees and like none of them up there had changed yet. Yeah. <laughs> so everything was still really green. So I didn't really. And then it was kind of like rainy and dark, which was wonderful for the hike because that's my favorite hiking weather. Some very um, moody vibes. I'm, yeah. I'm liking it. It didn't rain on us, but it was just like cloudy and then it sprinkled a little bit at the end. But I was just thinking like I was so happy that we got out and did it and my friend and I were talking about it we love hiking we always want to hike so much and forest park is like 20 minutes from my house and somehow we never end up going <laughs> so that's a new goal is to try to go you know hiking or just walking even in the parks close by like at least once or twice a month well that's minimum. exciting because you're you're so. you're accomplishing that whole thing where you're no longer being that person that says, oh, yeah, I live near it, but I never see it. Exactly. I think that's really and cool. And I'm already so grateful to this podcast because it's really pushing me. And I know, like, once we get our activity list done and posted and shared with everybody, and just knowing that every week I got to share something I did from the activity list is going to, like, be that impetus to get out and do th- do things, you know. So yeah. It's a good motivator. It's a good motivator. Alrighty. Well, so we mentioned... The activity list or adventure list or right. <laughs> Merfle, whatever, that yeah. we really didn't know how to name. Um, we had mentioned our, that before. Our creative block we <laughs> yeah. were having. Our strong creative block. And we had a lot of really, really good suggestions from our friends here. And yeah, I would love to be able to read them. Do you want to read them? Yeah, let's share them all and then we'll share. I think we landed on one. I, I definitely did. It makes me it makes me feel cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll share all the suggestions we got, and then we'll let you guys know which one we chose. And we're not going to say who sent which name suggestion, but when you hear it, you'll know who you are. So thank you again for sending these in. And shout out to you for being a solid, cool person yes. with ideas. Very cool. And creative. Lots of ideas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Fall Bucket List. Autumnal undertakings. Festive fall. Autumnal agenda. An agenda. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Fall funtivities. Yes. That's a wonderful made up word. That I made love me think that. of Leslie Nope for sure. That, that feels like a Leslie Nope. Funtivities. Uh, fall fundies. <laughs> I think. I, 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 wanna I didn't s- type that wrong. I want to say that with an Australian accent, but yes. I'm completely incapable of doing so. Don't do it. 
I'm not, I, I won't. But do if, it. I, do it. I can't. <laughs> you know, I, I have to. I have to get in the zone. Bear, bear can. Bear, fall no. fundies fall, down fall under. Fall fundies. Nope. We're done. We're cutting that. <laughs> the fundies. Cut it. It's the fundies. <laughs> okay. The fundies. Oh no, it's it's getting Moving worse. Moving on. <laughs> Is it my turn or your turn? Uh, I'll go. Thoreau's themes. And fall rambles. Yes. So our choice is... Fall rambles. Yep. And the person who sent that in, you know who you are. Thank you. Said we appreciate that it. They were inspired by the portion of David Thoreau's essay we read in the promo. And the word rambles was in there. And we couldn't agree more because it's very on theme. Yeah. It makes me feel like a rambling little cool girl, too. Yeah. Imagine rambling around. Imagine myself with a little stick and a handkerchief tied to it, rambling along. Yeah. That's everything I want. I like it because it's like, you know, it might be an activity. It might be an adventure. It might be sitting in our house drinking hot apple cider, but it can all be under the category of rambling about. Yeah. So I think it works. So as far as submissions go, I just wanted to say the only thing I've learned now I'm inexperienced, was I basically said, send me your submissions, and I didn't say how. So we had them sent to us through like 10 different channels. <laughs> so when I went to write them all down, I was like, wait, who sent to me, who sent me which suggestion, where, some were in text message, some were DMs, some were comments. So from now on, if we ask for you guys to send us stuff, we'll tell you where. But I created an email for the pod. Ooh. I don't know if I told you that. This is news so, to me. I feel so official. You you guys are finding out in real time with Telly. Wow. So this in the future. This is what it feels like. <laughs> this is what it feels like, guys. <laughs> Find out. Some important news. <laughs> um, it's cozyfallcoffeedatepod at gmail.com. I think. Uh, I'll post it on Instagram. We'll post it on Instagram. <laughs> but I'm 95% sure that's what it is. Um, so please feel free to send us your thoughts, suggestions, uh, ideas, share with us the rambles that you are partaking in this fall with us and, you know, anything you want us to read. And I was thinking maybe if people start sending anything in, we'll read it. Yeah. Have a little, uh, from our listeners section. I would love that. I want to know your rambles. Yeah. We can all ramble together. Or if you have a really good recipe or oh, a fall, you know, a seasonal food item or something from your favorite store that you would recommend so definitely send i mean you can send it in the dms on the podcast as well or text us but um emails probably if we all have it in one place that would help we we will not miss you if it's on email exactly okay so the time has officially come it's time to talk pumpkin spice. <laughs> I'm so excited. Because so, we had to. We had to. I mean, you can't talk about fall. You know, this is the first topic. <laughs> to talk about fall, you must talk about pumpkin spice. That's so, how we know we're here. That's how you know that we're here. Like, first you see the pumpkin spice, and then the leaves start changing. That is how it works. Yes. Not the other way around. Never. Never the other way around. No. Okay. So first, Telly is going to enlighten us on a brief overview of the history of the spice itself. So first and foremost, pumpkin spice. What is that? Good um, question. Because, you know, That's it's, the real question. it's a mixture of spices that we may not know the origins of or what's actually in there. So a breakdown of that is pumpkin pie spice is a mixture of sweet spices. That would be cinnamon, 
nutmeg, ginger, and either clove and or allspice. With the exception of allspice, all of these spices are native actually to Southeast Asia, um, and especially the so-called Spice Islands, more commonly known as the Maluku Islands or the Mal Maluka Islands. I'm so sorry if I'm saying that wrong, near Indonesia, where nutmeg trees, which also provide mace and clove trees originated. Hmm. So fun, fun facts. Yeah. Cinnamon is native to Sri Lanka. Ginger is native to maritime Southeast Asia. And allspice is a plant of the tropics native to the Caribbean and central Mexico. Yeah, that's kind of shocking to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they're strongly associated with flavors with cold fall and winter months. Why is that? Right. So I did some that's digging on that. I found out that there's actually a really crazy history behind it. And I'm also an obsessive person sometimes. So I really went back. I found that pumpkin spice can be traced all the way back to the Silk Road. I feel like everything goes back to the Silk Road. Somehow. Everything. So, you know, the Silk Road was really important. Yeah. Pivotal. Pivotal. But the spices from Asia started traveling towards Europe. Mm -hmm. And they, they found out that they really like silk. They really, paper was huge for them. They are amazed at some of the inventions behind how they have compound bows and also these amazing spices. And these European people. So all these things were traveling from Asia, like China, India. All the Silk Road all took them there. to Europe. Mm -hmm. Is my okay? Because yeah. I'm I'm terrible at history. Yeah, and so. and also in the Western world, we were very excited about the realization that these spices are bomb. Right. So the moment European people found pumpkin spice is what you could call it. They did everything they could to make sure they had it in their lives. Right. That shape that helped shape the world. I'm going to say this is a controversial possibly thing to say, but pumpkin spice has shaped the world. <laughs> it has. I mean the the spice trade it did shape the world. Yeah. And you think about a lot of those spices that really captured people who had not encountered them before in the western world and a lot of those are ones that now make up what we call pumpkin spice. Oh, yeah. So it makes sense, you know, that fascination and that love of those flavors and spices has not wavered for hundreds of years. Yeah. So later, now that the the complete dependency on pumpkin spice is there already for Europeans, they have been blocked off from their source to get these spices by the Ottoman Empire. They no longer have access to the Silk Road, and they go nuts. So they're sending people out on ships to travel all the way around the world to try to land into Asia to be able to find a way to get the spices to them. Oh. And that's how Christopher Columbus was sent out. That was one of the big reasons. That was one of the big reasons. Oh my goodness. One of them. But it was it was pumpkin spice driven. In this a just lot of shows ways. you how truly food motivated we are you know, as humans. Humans are food motivated, that is true. <laughs> like food. So these islands are capable of growing the exact spices they were looking for. So that created a system where they would ship these plants in. Islands in the Caribbean? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they would grow them there. 
So this, uh, these spices became very readily available throughout North America because it's right there. Yeah. So oh. what is expensive to ship over to Europe <clears throat> is now a commonplace spice blend in North America. The association with pumpkin happened way later. Mm-hmm. A pumpkin pie is a mix of the European custard pie and the native to North America gourd, a pumpkin. That is a native plant for North America. So they mixed those together and that's how we got pumpkin pie. So you can see these traditions from England are coming over and it would be a tradition for the fall time. It would be a tradition for these festivities for this time to show off that they have these expensive spices. Yeah. And then it naturally became over time they would add in the pumpkin in the States because you have this spice blend and then you have the pumpkin around and it's just a pumpkin custard pie. Very cool. Yeah, I thought so. Well, we could probably talk about that for hours, but we don't want to bore you guys to death. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked a little bit about pumpkin spice, its origins, and now we're going to talk about the latte because I feel like up until the pumpkin spice latte, obviously we had pumpkin pie which has been a big thing for whenever that started. It sounded like a couple hundred years ago. Yeah. Pumpkin spice latte, on the other hand. Please enjoy this excerpt from the article entitled Fall Equinox on History.com. Equinox comes from the Latin word aqui, which means equal, and nox, or night. On the equinox, day and night are nearly equal length across the planet. As the Earth orbits the Sun, it is tilted at a fixed angle. For half the year, the North Pole is tilted slightly towards the Sun, bringing longer days to the Northern Hemisphere, while the South Pole is tilted slightly away from the Sun, bringing fewer hours of sunlight to the Southern Hemisphere. Then, as the Earth continues to move around the Sun at its fixed angle, the North Pole is tilted slightly away from the Sun. The equinox marks the point of the year this transition occurs, and on the equinox, the part of Earth closest to the Sun is the equator, rather than places north or south. In the Northern Hemisphere, the September equinox marks the first day of fall. The reverse is true in the Southern hemisphere where the september equinox signals the first day of spring this has been a brief educational interlude we hope you have enjoyed this small excerpt of the history of fall your program will resume shortly so this story like many others starts with starbucks and a little drink called the pumpkin spice latte, which will hereout be referred to as PSL. It's actually a happy coincidence that this year is the 20th anniversary of the PSL. We couldn't have oh. planned it better in August. So it was in 2003. And I thought it was really interesting. The article I found said that at that time, coffee culture in the U.S. at least was not quite what it is today. So the article says it was very much growing in the United States, but people didn't really know the difference between a latte, cappuccino, espresso, americano, for example, which is interesting because I think most people know that now, even people who aren't really coffee drinkers. 
Yeah. Over overall, I would say people have gotten pretty savvy with their coffee order yeah. compared so it, to the eighties or the nineties, where it was give me a coffee and it better be caffeinated. Exactly. Yeah. Starbucks, however, had one goal in mind: make money. So they were trying to get people more into coffee. They wanted them to. They wanted that cult coffee culture to grow. Obviously, it would benefit them. And they had released a seasonal drink the previous winter that did really well, which might sound familiar to you, peppermint mocha. Oh, yeah. So that I didn't was no that came first. Yeah, it came first, and they wanted to replicate the success with another seasonal offering. So they were working up ideas for drawing from all the flavors available in fall. They were trying to come up with ideas for what could be the seasonal drink for fall. Okay, following. So they came up with a list of flavors and ran it by customers in surveys, and pumpkin spice almost did not make the cut. What? Because people could not really wrap their minds around. At that time, they were like, pumpkin in my coffee? Like, why are you putting a gourd in my coffee? Exactly. It just yeah. did not make sense. <laughs> which is well, so. Which there's no pumpkin anyways. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is so funny to me. And so we're going to get into kind of the industrial, comp, the whole industry and how it's really progressed since the introduction of the pumpkin spice latte. But here's another quote from the article. It says, keep in mind that 20 years ago, when you went into a grocery aisle, the only thing you saw that was pumpkin was pumpkin puree, like the Libby's, uh, to make pumpkin pies, maybe some pumpkin pie topping, and that was it. It was a very different time. Now there's an entire industry. You can fill up an entire grocery aisle with pumpkin spice products. Back then it did not exist. So people didn't really have, they knew pumpkin pie and that was about it. Yeah. So it went, at that time there wasn't all these drinks with all these different flavors. There was coffee and the peppermint mocha was the first venture into this new field. Oh man. So people really didn't have any way to conceptualize what it would taste like or Exactly like you said, the idea of having squash in your coffee didn't sound very appealing. Uh, Luckily, it did squeak by and it stayed on the list of ideas to develop. So they developed recipes, I think, for a handful of different ideas. So then they did a taste test with some customers. And after tasting the drink, the story completely changed. Do you ever wish you were like in that taste test panel? Like, do you ever wish you could go back in time and be like, that's that's where I go back to. I'd sit down and be like, yeah. That would be cool. Pumpkin spice, That's you should go with that one. That would be a good story to tell. Right? Because it's become such a thing now. You could be like, I was one of the first people that tasted the pumpkin spice latte. What What a cool bragging right, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure it was probably in Seattle, so oh, yeah. it's not far off for us to have been there. We, we could have been. I would have been eight years old. So I'm sure they would have listened to I'm us. I'm sure they would have given coffee <laughs> to an eight-year-old. Just have my parents sign a waiver. Anyways, if only we could go back in time, right? So anyways, after the taste test, people were like, never mind. We were wrong. This is delicious. Yes, I would buy that drink. So they decided, okay, this is the one we're going to launch. So they soft launched it in August 2003 in 100 stores in North America. And by the next year, it was in every store in August for the seasonal offering. That's how successful it was. Oh, wow. So... The rest is history. So, so it was a quick turnover of, oh, no, this is successful. Like, yeah. It, it caught on fast. The only time that it was looking like it might not have worked was before they actually came up with the recipe. Just the idea of it oh, was not appealing to people. Okay. Once they made the recipe and people actually tasted it, it was a done deal. Because they just struck gold with the way that they actually formulated it. 
I mean, you know, it's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has a little bit of that warm spice, but at the end of the day, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to describe. But the reality is, like you said, it does not actually have, there is no pumpkin in at least the Starbucks recipe. No. It's yeah. that spice mix and milk and coffee. Yeah, it's but, actually a syrup now. Oh, it's a syrup. Yeah, yeah it's right. a pumpkin spice syrup now. Of course. Which I, uh, I used to work at Starbucks, so I... Oh, that's right. <laughs> I remember making many a pumpkin spice latte and many a peppermint mocha. And I would say those are the top sellers for sure. Mm-hmm. And the peppermint white mocha, that's <clears throat> a big deal. Yeah. So. I think a big part of it is the fact that it's seasonal and they don't yeah. have it on the menu all the time, which is just a marketing tactic. It makes it special. It creates what they call false scarcity mm-hmm. but also it does you know you can take the cynical route and say well it's false scarcity it's silly they should just have it on the menu year round or you could take the more positive route and say it is making it special you know you can't have it all year round you have it once a year for a couple months I like yeah. that I think it's fun well because it, it helps you also mark your passage of time too True. and you have something to look forward to that's not always there um, I, and I see a lot of companies do that. Like, I, I see the marketing model of Burgerville, which unless you're in Oregon, you would not know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> right. they have their seasonal fries or their seasonal things that they serve. And it's you can see that model going across a lot of things where you can look o- around and say, oh, rosemary fries are back. I guess it's that time of year. Yes. You're like, who am I? What happened? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, it works. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> no, don't think about it. Just eat the fries. <laughs> but you know but. what? It's it's nice though. I I like I like the fact that there can be small traditions and yeah, things. Yeah. It's true. It's nice. And it gives us something happy to focus on, you know, sometimes especially if you're having a rough day or a rough month. It's like, okay, well, go treat myself. And speaking of Burgerville, I just drove by the one by my house today and they have pumpkin shakes. They have pumpkin shakes? Yes. So, so we, we obviously have to try that. We will that. be trying that. Okay. And this podcast has been the number one ex- <laughs> excuse for me to treat myself. I have, I mean, I did a little experiment that I will be getting into, um, but let's finish talking about the PSL. So it's interesting that it went from a product launch by one coffee company to this whole cultural phenomenon. Like it's almost like it has a fandom and it's created a culture. I would say, I mean, yeah, that I would, would be say. a bit, you know, it kind of links back, you can see, to how humans have done this for, it's not a new thing. Um, in my research, I stumbled upon kind of a little bit about the pumpkin and why it's so nostalgic. nostalgic. Ooh. What, and why is it that we go to pumpkin patches and do the whole pumpkin thing in the fall, besides the fact that that's when they're in season and that's when they're harvested? But this one source, and all of our sources will be in a document or we'll share them somehow. I'm not going to call each of them out, but um, you can go check them out and you'll see what I, where I got all of this information. Um, but one video I watched was talking about pumpkins and why, why they're so nostalgic. And it was saying that obviously they're, like you said, native to North America. And before the Industrial Revolution, they would be a crop. So... Families might grow them as part of their yield or you would have neighbors who did. And when the harvest came in the fall, everybody would have pumpkins and they'd try to make use of them. However, in recipes, make pies. They grow pretty easy too. So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I didn't know that. So then after the Industrial Revolution, when people were moving into cities to work in factories, the pumpkin became like this nostalgic symbol of the good old days. 
Oh, like a, and it's like a family thing too. Right. Like it's, it's, it's going back to the festive times. Yeah. Oh. So even though for like you and I in the era we've grown up in, that's not like our direct history, but there's something to be said about that kind of inherited yeah. you know, memory. There's, there's a cultural <laughs> impression of what a pumpkin means. Yeah. And it does, it has a homey feeling to it. Yeah. So I wanted to talk like a little bit about the internet side of it because obviously PSL was an amazing drink that, you know, even starting back in 2003 when it was introduced. Then obviously as the internet progressed and meme culture progressed, there there was a little bit of a detour as far as, and it didn't have as much to do with PSL, but it kind of ties back into the whole what girls like is basic and the basic fall girl. And I was wondering where that originated. So I did a light Google and it originated with Twitter, like all terrible things do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, terrible, great, I don't know. But it originated with a tweet that basically said, hot girl summer's coming to an end, introducing Christian girl autumn. And I didn't know it was called Christian Girl Autumn. I thought it was just, like, basic girl autumn. I didn't know it was Christian Girl Autumn either. But it's the photo we've all seen of, and now there's been many iterations of it, but it's the photo we've all seen of the white girl with the long, beautiful, curled hair, wearing skinny jeans, cute boots. The blanket scarf. A blanket scarf. Is that it? Okay. Yes. You have to have, like... The hat? Is there a hat? (laughs) There's a hat. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. See? We've all seen it. And that kind of grew into this whole thing where it's like... You're so basic. You like fall stuff. You like scarves. You like leaves. You like to drink pumpkin spice lattes. How embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. The thing I love about it is that most people, most women especially, just like leaned into it, you know, and said, you can't make us feel bad for liking what we like. It's not a big deal. It's not that deep. It's a pumpkin spice latte. It's like, oh no, I like things that are popular. Right. (laughs) And it's like, at first, it's a joke and it's embarrassing to like those things and then it becomes a joke within a joke, and then, you know, before you know it. It's getting really meta at this point. It's meta. Yeah. I feel like we've done, I like the little deep dive we did. We kind of yeah. traced back where this. I mean, we didn't go too far back, but where the spices come from, how they traveled throughout the world, how that became pumpkin spice, and then... How it's gripped the hearts of so many people yeah, for so many generations. The drink came on the scene, then we have memes talking about fall and how it's silly and that's kind of where you and I come in is we're like you know what let's just lean into that as hard as possible okay so to wrap up this whole conversation about pumpkin spice I would like to share with you guys a little experiment that I have been conducting for the last week which is I have been basically using this podcast as an excuse to buy myself a pumpkin spice latte like every other day Stay tuned for more after a brief message from our sponsors. Beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Thank you to our lovely sponsors for that invigorating message and for making this show possible. Now, back to the episode. So what I have done is 
buy a pumpkin spice latte from each of the really big chain coffee shops that we have available to us locally. I tried to get virtually the same drink at each coffee shop so that I could compare and contrast. So I did oat milk at each one because as much as I love regular milk, it doesn't love me as far as the digestion goes. I mean, is regular milk loving anyone at this point? I know, right? So I did oat milk. Um, the other thing is that I really don't like super sweet drinks and the pumpkin spice latte tends to be pretty sweet. It, it is on the sweet side. Yeah. I, I usually have to go half sweet. Yeah. So I did half sweet and I did either half sweet or less sweet depending on each coffee shop Ooh. and what I perceive them as on the sweetness scale. Uh, so like Dutch Brothers, for example, would be in my mind the sweetest of all the coffee shops. This is so thorough. I'm I know. This. Okay, I'm ready <laughs> so, for this. So <laughs> obviously by the time I started this experiment, I had already had the Starbucks PSL a few times. Like I think I had my first one at the end of August when it came out. And each time I'd been kind of disappointed. Really? And I'd just been ordering it regular. And then finally my friend told me one day we were out to lunch. She's like, get half sweet. I always do half sweet. Why did I not think of that? So I did oat milk, half sweet, grande, pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks. And I was, I enjoyed it much more. Really? It was really okay. good. But it also just depends. Like Starbucks is so, depends it, on who's making the drink. It does change for a store now. So it's very hit and miss. Mm-hmm. And then I finally had one at Pete's and it made me realize how not good the Starbucks one was. <laughs> Pete's is great. Yeah. That's so, another, I think that's another Seattle brand too, isn't California. it? California. Like is it California? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I don't remember where exactly I think it started. I think Uncle Cal- lives down the street from him. Pete? Yeah. What? No, uh, the brand, sorry, the off rails. But I, the last time I talked to my uncle up in Washington, he's like, yeah, I, my neighbor down the road is Pete from Pete's Coffee or whatever. He, or he said it was the guy that does that. And how I was like, in, oh. How in touch with reality is this particular uncle? He's pretty in touch with okay. reality. All so right. uh, I, we're, I, I would how, not doubt it, actually. I wonder how in touch with reality the neighbor is. Maybe he thinks he's there, Pete. I, I, I think it is Pete. You know that meme online that's like, I'm him? <laughs> this guy's like, I'm Pete. That's me. I'm Pete. <laughs> We're getting into the goofy hour. Oh. So at Pete's, I ordered less sweet. It was so good. Honestly, I was debating. Levi said, he's like, you can't you can't have them all on different days. You got to buy them all, take them all to one spot, sit down and like do this like an experiment. I'm like, that's, that's a lot of money at once. That's so extreme. They're all going to be cold by the time you actually start drinking them. And part of it is like, you get the drink and you take that first sip and it's the perfect temperature. So anyways, this is not at all scientific, but Pete's, I would give it a, uh, like I said, I did less sweet oat milk medium. Ooh. Okay. And each of these are, they were so expensive, especially when I, I bought so many in such a short amount of time. Cause normally I only have a drink like this maybe every other week at most. You're having, you're having to increase your coffee fund. Oh yeah. If you're listening, Pete. My coffee budget. <laughs> if, Pete, if you hear this, we're Pete. struggling girls. We just want a pumpkin spice latte. Pete, we're struggling. Come on. But you, you bring if, it down a couple dollars. If you're interested in helping us out, talk to my uncle. Okay. <laughs> we'll send a message. Anyway. So I would give Pete's Pumpkin spice latte. Actually, it's not pumpkin spice. It's just pumpkin latte there. A 9 out of 10. Okay, 9 out of 10. So then the next one I had was Dutch Brothers, which I was not expecting a lot from because okay. Dutch Brothers, I like their stuff, but I always have to ask for it half sweet. And typically I like Black Rock better. So I was thinking I would like the Black Rock pumpkin drink better, but I got the Dutch Brothers one. 
and I did half sweet on theirs because they're sweeter in my opinion. Oat but milk. They, they are pretty sweet as as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And they had their featured drink was like a pumpkin brulee caramel drink. Wow. But when I asked the barista, the the girl who was taking my order, she said, "Oh yeah, we that's our big featured drink, but we do have a pumpkin spice latte." Okay. I said, "Okay, I'll go with the pumpkin spice latte." You can drop the brulee and the caramel. You know, I do think I'll go back and try that though. The difference with theirs was that it had a soft top on it. And when I asked her, I said, "What's a soft top?" She said, "Basically, it's sweet cream, kind of like a sweet cream foam, like with pumpkins oh. with pumpkin flavor." She's like, okay. she's like, but it is dairy. So if you're doing oat milk, I don't know. I said, leave the soft top. <laughs> I'll take the soft top. It's the, it's the great question of, I know you have a dairy-free milk, but how lactose intolerant are you feeling today? Yes. How much will you tolerate Are this? we doing whipped cream or not? And I, I said yes to the soft top. So I think Dutch Brothers might have been my favorite of all of them. Really? That soft top made a difference. It made it so luxurious because it wasn't whipped cream. It was really like this foam on top that was pumpkin flavor. Oh, And man. it just gave you that luxurious moment on that first sip. And I actually took it home and shared it with Levi, and he really liked it too. I would not have guessed, but now I'm going to have to try it. I know. So. You know, I think this, the way this is ranking, I think it's less likely Pete's going to help us out now. But I'm glad that we're sticking to our guns Yeah, here. I mean, yeah. yeah. Because all of these were a delightful experience. The only thing that was not delightful was paying $7 every time. Yeah. So I think if I could go back to, I would have I gotten a small each time. Because like after I ordered the first drink, I tried to do the same thing at every coffee shop. And I ordered a medium the first time. And oh. I realized mediums are big. They are. They're actually what should be called a large. Well, because it's 16 ounces. That's a lot of liquid. Yeah. So my girls, So for my girlies out there on a budget... Go with the small. That'll save you a couple bucks. Um, and I always tipped like a dollar, so that added a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. As one does. So for Dutch Brothers, I would give them a four stars. They're like a four star hotel. A four star four pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. Okay. So then Black Rock was surprisingly disappointing. Oh. And I did the same thing. I think I did less sweet mm-hmm. instead of half sweet because I don't perceive them to be as their drinks to be as sweet as Dutch Brothers. And I really tried to like it. And I really did not enjoy it. I mean, oh. I drank the whole thing, obviously. Yeah, because you spent $7. Okay? And I'm I'm like that. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's like, oh, I don't like this. I shall leave it unfinished. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not very good, but I like food and to Some, eat. Sometimes you have to allow your coffee to be not so good. Yeah. It's okay. We're not always on so, our best. So I'm not going to expect my coffee to be on its best all the time. Yeah. I would give BlackRock a 60%. 60% out yeah. of 100. Yeah. So it's more than halfway. So it got a, an F. I think that's an F. Is that an F? Sorry. Oh, Sorry, Black Rock. Ouch. From here on out, I'm going to keep, obviously, I can't stop the experiment. I mean, it, it's got, it must go on. I will drink as many pumpkin spice lattes as I can. So from here on out, I'm going to do more local coffee shops. Oh, the next, the next And compare year. those, which I know will not translate as well if people don't live in my same area. But for anybody who does, then I can recommend which yeah. one is the best. If you're in the Portland metro area, you will find many cool coffee shops. Yes. Um, so I, if you're not, and if you have those four chains, if you have Dutch Brothers available to you and you're looking for something, I would say Pete's and Dutch Brothers were my favorites. Pete's is more of the less sweet, more subdued version. So mm. for people who prefer that style, 
I would definitely go Pete's. For people who are looking for something a little bit more luxurious, a little sweeter, I would go with the Dutch Brothers. It's a little more decadent. But I enjoyed them both. So, yeah, decadent. That's a good word. Amazing work. I'm so impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Spike's very unscientific experiment. (laughs) You know what? Science is done in many ways. So, y'all, go treat yourself. You hear? We, We give you permission. Go treat yourself. Treat yourself. I'm looking at the mic like it's our friends. <laughs> treat yourself, buddy. We're staring adoringly at the mic, pretending it's you. Yes. So, my friend, as you listen to this, imagine I'm staring adoringly right into your eyes. And I'm telling you, you deserve it. You can have a pumpkin spice latte today. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Please enjoy an untitled poem by an anonymous author. Mournful and quiet, I sink into the softness and embrace the warmth. Outside my window the light is waning, the brightness of summer eking out its last appearance. Memories of the sharp contrast, the sting, the intensity of a season so highly anticipated, fade into a more gentle era, a time of reflection, of peace. Coolness communicates freshness, beginnings. Lazing around in sweltering summer corridors becomes invigorating autumn expanses. The irony is in the subverted expectations. In my mind's eye, I imagine myself sprinting through the hot months, finding adventure at every turn. The reality inevitably becomes stillness, exhaustion, regret and disillusionment. Fall, however, is different altogether. Yes, I approach it with much anticipation, but a time period which, in my mind's eye, is categorized by calm, warmth, and relaxation often becomes a time of exhilaration, of fresh life breathed into my bones, of running forward headfirst into the end, the death, the rebirth, without a concern for what approaches. I guess in a word it is presence. For me, It is a time when I exist and I am aware of it. A moment when for once I don't spin out the webs of what might arrive, but rather rest upon the work already done, allowing myself to just be. And so for once, I will accept what is. Focus on the mercies which are always arriving, fresh each morning, but most importantly, reflect on what gives substance to all of this. That is, the love with which it arrived and continues to be shared generation after generation, forever. Okay, now we're going to do recipe of the week. Recipe of the week. Ding, ding. That's what's going on in my head. So (laughs) the recipe this week is a common and classic pumpkin spice blend. So you can make a common blend with two tablespoons of ground cinnamon, two teaspoons ground ginger, one teaspoon ground clove, one teaspoon ground allspice, and one half teaspoon ground nutmeg. Now if you want to make your own syrup, I would highly recommend you make a simple syrup that is a one-to-one ratio of sugar and water, and you don't want to stir that too much. That could cause it to crystallize. Um, So you'll just stick that directly on the the flame in the pot and let that come to heat, melt that down. So you don't stir it while it's heating. 
It's not... Only stir it occasionally. Only stir it occasionally. Let it be. Don't stir it too much. Okay. Um, add your spices in. Stir that in after it's all melted down in there. And then I typically add a couple splashes of vodka in towards the end just as a preservative because okay. you'll need... Um, otherwise, it'll mold. So it doesn't make it alcoholic. No. you can Because it, it, it cooks it out when it's still hot like that. Okay. But you, the, the vodka will help preserve the syrup hmm. and then you can strain that into a bottle and you will have your own pumpkin spice syrup at home and then maybe in the future we'll share recipes of ideas of how to use the syrup exactly so we'll experiment with it in the coming weeks and then we'll share ways that we've used it i also had some ideas for some latte syrups that i thought would be a cool idea let me know if this seems like something you guys would like a some sort of small instruction video on or something that you'd like to see you know some sort of recipe on in that form well we will definitely post all of these in some way mm -hmm. so at least we'll post the recipes yeah my other syrups that i was interested in possibly sharing was a brown sugar syrup a pumpkin puree syrup so one that actually involves pumpkin in it we're actually putting the gourd in the latte. It might be yeah. wild, but I think it could be fun. Please let me know if you'd want to see me make a, a tutorial video for any of those other syrups. Um, shoot us an email. Let me know which ones you'd be interested in, and I'd be happy to make that. Yeah, you can DM us or comment on the post for this episode as well on Instagram. Okay, everybody. So those are our recipes for this week. We will post them on the pod Instagram. And if you do end up using them, please feel free to share that with us, post it and tag us. We would love to see it and let us know what you thought. Yeah. And let us know what recipes you'd like to hear in the future or what, if there's anything you want us to try, especially anything that I can get Telly to make for me because she's <laughs> a master chef. That's too kind. Thanks for listening in. See you at our next coffee date. Until then, stay cozy and go get yourself a PSL. This show is produced by Jess and Telly. Music is by Simber. <laughs> we don't want to offend all our English <laughs> listeners because <laughs> I know we have so many. No, no. Oh. Okay. Honestly, I'm worried that most of this is like the after hours. No, 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 no. We'll cut out. We'll cut it out. Cut it out. Just cut it out. Cut, 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 cut.